right, uh, please have a seat, Mr. V- Van- Vanderhaar... Vanderhaar... Vanderhange. Vanderhange. Oh, so is that Dutch? Huh? Um, no, 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 no problem, no problem. Uh, if you just uh, have a seat, uh, uh, can I call you Dan? Sure. Okay. You can call me Dan, or you can call me Danny, or... You can call me Daniel. Uh, you, you can, you oh, can call okay. me Dan again if you want. I, I'll just stick with one Dan. That sounds great. Thank you, Dan. Uh, thank you so much for coming in. Okay. Um, I know that you uh, did want comprehensive uh, paranormal care, and uh, here at Boo Cross Boo Shield, that's what we're here to do. Good. Well, good. Um, now, I do have uh, a lot of questions for you, and I'm afraid this part is a requirement. You know, I just need to know what your exact situation is as it pertains to the ethereal plane so that we can offer you the most comprehensive coverage, but also understand if you have any pre-existing conditions. Oh, okay. Well, that, that makes sense, I guess. Um, uh, right off the bat, let me just get a sort of a snapshot of your family right now. Well, um, I don't have any pictures on me. Oh well, I, I just uh, just to turn Actually, a phrase. Actually, wait uh, a minute. Let me get in my wallet here. Uh, no, I, I, I don't need to see any 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 pictures there, Dan. Well, let's um, see. I got a got a picture of me and my cousin. We're fishing. Okay. Um, I don't know I'm if actually, that'll, that'll uh, uh, work more, for you. Well, here's interested. one of my, me and my wife. I, oh, your wife. And and and, and what is her name? Uh, Rebecca Vanderhand. Okay, just one moment. I think I got some and, uh, of, and, of and, a few and, of the kids how, here. We just don't have oh, everybody have in one ch- in one. Well, uh, you picture. Know, I don't need to see any pictures, but thank you very much. Oh, uh, okay. So you do have children. Yeah. Uh, and how many children do you have? Well, golly, let's uh, let's see. Well, there's Elijah, and there's there's Mordecai. Okay, that's two. There's Adam. That's three. And uh, let's I see. I just need a I just need there's a number. Susan, I got Susan. Okay, four. I also have Rebecca Jr. <laughs> okay, so that's, that's see, five. There's Catherine. There's Caitlin. There's Katie. Um, there's Jennifer. Uh, uh, Dan- there's Danny, Ginger. Danny, uh, could you just uh, just just give me a number? Um, you know, like how many well, children you have? Usually, I count them up by just going through the names. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I think we were we were up to eight or nine. Well, probably. Okay, you know what? I should start over. No, no, no. There's you don't need. Elijah. You don't need to start over. There's a six plus category, so I'm just gonna put you down for that. So don't uh, don't need to know that. Right. Um, I do need uh, some some just general information about your family history. Um, have you or your wife ever run afoul of a gypsy? Well, no, I don't think so. Okay, okay, that's great. I had a run in with a Dybbuk on a game show, but I Wait. think it was a digital demon. Oh, were, were, are you talking about the the show Press Your Dybbuk? That's right. Okay, so you didn't you didn't actually receive. A, uh, a potentially demon-possessed small cupboard. No. Okay. okay. I didn't win anything on there. Now, um, uh, Mr. Vanderhedge, this policy is comprehensive, and uh, as a part of it, you are covered uh, against any hauntings or demonic possessions unless, and I do need to know this right now, unless the entity is of familiar origin, uh, for example, is a past relative haunting your family line for a wrong or perhaps uh, a slight upon its character that has never been resolved? You mean something like Granddaddy Vanderhange coming in and messing with us? Yes. Well, no. Okay, okay, good. Uh, Are you or any other member of your family currently the victim of a pre-existing generational curse placed upon your family? Well, gee, I hope not. Not to my knowledge. Okay, okay, that's great. Are you or any member of your family visited by a specter, demon, or other ethereal being on their 16th birthday? Well... No, I think none. Hardly any of my kids have even got to sixteen. Okay, yet. okay. 
do any of your children have an imaginary friend that you suspect might actually be a disincarnate spirit seeking to win the trust of the child so that they can further possess their body in the future? Gracious, I hope not. Can I don't think so. No, okay. And and Dan, Danny, you're doing a great job. So thank and I know we simply have to ask these questions. Um, this one's a little more delicate. Were any of your children conceived in a room wherein five or more people met their untimely demise either at their own hands or at the hands of others? Well, no, I... Oh. Wait, yeah. Yeah. You did? Oh, okay, okay. Um, could you Can you elaborate on that at all? Um, well, uh, I... Which, which of your children? Well, let's see. It wasn't Elijah. I'm sorry, I didn't... No, no, I just... It wasn't Mordecai. I just need a number. Wasn't um, Catherine, wasn't Caitlin, wasn't Jennifer. It wasn't Adam. I, I, you could even just say how many. Uh, well, now you messed me up. I'm sorry. It wasn't Elijah. It wasn't Mordecai. It wasn't Catherine, it wasn't Caitlin. Who? Oh, yeah? No? Um... I think it was Reginald. Reginald, okay. So just, just the one? Yeah. Um, and in the, the room in question, did you know beforehand, uh, that the room was the site of a a horrific death scene? Uh, Really what I'm getting at is sort of the intent on your part, which is really the mitigating circumstance of these cases. Was it your intent to desecrate through your act of carnal depravity, a place of solemn reflection, or did you simply, uh, engage in intercourse in a room having no knowledge of the room's prior history? Well, listen, I don't think anything that Rebecca and I do is depraved, per se, so I'd, I'd have to go with no. Okay, so you, you, did, you were not aware that, you, this were, yes or no that you were fornicating in a murder room. Oh, yeah. You did know? Well, yeah. Okay, all right. Now, I do have to inform you legally that that will exclude Reginald from ongoing uh, spectral coverage. That means that were he the subject of a demonic possession, the attempt of an ethereal spirit to control his actions, or a simple localized haunting to his bedroom, those items would not be covered under this policy. Now, I will say this, uh, uh, Dan, what you can do for Reginald is buy an additional uh, waiver rider. Now, we'll just tack that right onto your policy. It will cost a little bit more each month, but that will cover Reginald for any pre-existing incorporeal liability that he may be carrying with him unbeknownst to him as a result of your wanton fornication in a room of murder. I think I almost won a wave rider on Presser Dubik. Huh? Well, listen, if I can't get my whole family covered under a plan without buying an extra wave rider, I think I'm going to have to try that Obamacare. Well, uh, and that, that is your option. I will say, uh, based on the income information I do have, uh, you will not qualify for any of those programs. Huh. Thanks, Obama. Hilarious radio sketch or dark vision of the future. <laughs> you decide. Uh, and, and you are option there. The third option is neither. <laughs> no. Nope. There's only two. Yeah, that's right. You got a 50 50 chance of the future. <laughs> Hello. Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. I'm David Stecco. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Mm-hmm. So far, us. neither of us have lied once. <laughs> That's suspicious. Well, I'm just saying, we got our names out there, and I figured, why not put a pin in it while everything was still golden? Okay. (laughs) 
Hope everybody's doing okay. And there it goes. <laughs> I so set you up oh. for that. Whatever you said first was going to be, and there it goes. I put the T down. <laughs> I placed the ball on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we do hope you're doing well. We do. Yeah. That's that's the that's the God's honest truth. For cereals. And uh, tonight we hit uh, part one of a five-part expose. <laughs> The insurance industry. <laughs> oh man, don't don't get me started on that. Yeah, I we used to just, work for an insurance company. Oh yeah, yeah, I know a lot about insurance. I used to work in HR, and oh yeah, I you didn't. Know. I didn't do the benefits administration, but I was right next to those who did. See, that's what I did, but for the insurance company, benefits administration. I was I'd, all like, sick child. No, right. And then, no, I'm kidding. I didn't. I didn't say yes or no to those things. But it happens. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I worked in my own special kind of hell. I, I handled the compensation adjustments for the entire company. Whoa. Yeah. So it was like I get to see what this asshole is making. Yeah. An hour. <laughs> yeah. I gotta adjust that compensation. Oh god. Uh. So. So uh, two men wake up. bitch about work. <laughs> um. <laughs> the no. podcast. So yeah, uh, glad everybody's doing well. It's the uh, we're in the midst of uh, the winter of our maximum content. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's winter except for the shoveling. It's yeah, I'm into it. Whatever. I yeah. like cold weather. Uh, how are things in your neck of the woods? Yeah, he asked no one because you can't answer. Oh, but that's what emails for. <laughs> We were 30 new emails. So, yeah, if we could, uh, yeah uh, no more puns, no more uh, not so superpowers. I don't even want to know what you think about your anything. Just how's the weather where you're at? <laughs> That's, uh, we have literally run out of things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's like, like uh, this episode, like if we could just launch 20 minutes in the future and it's just. <sighs> Oh, did you get a text? Oh, 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 no, no, no. no. No such luck. Sorry, America. We actually, (laughs) we actually have an excellent episode with a classic, not so superpower or superpower. Well, a collection of them. Yeah, and I'm I'm only halfway lying when I say a a thrilling five part expose. Right, it's just that the the parts won't be uh, consecutive. (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be broken up pretty well, but you know, we're going to get to each in its own right. I think we're just going to start. Yeah. Here's the deal. Um, we know that all of you are gangsters and you spend most of your time with your mind on your money and your money on your mind. But what if you were able to move your money with your mind and move your mind with your money? Money already moves my mind. Fascist. Biggie Smalls taught me that. <laughs> And look where he is. More money, more mental abilities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to start out this uh, crazy train uh, with psychokinesis. Boogity boogity. I'll move your salt and pepper shakers. I don't know. Don't believe me? First thing that popped into my head, salt and pepper shakers. Yeah, yeah psychokinesis, uh, which is the, the umbrella term. For all kinds of kinesis, uh, <laughs> telekinesis, pyrokinesis, hydrokinesis. Oh, yeah. I mean. It, uh, Lots of stuff. Yeah. And um, and of course, I want to be the one to say this because um, not only is it. Mordor. My, not only is it my personal favorite, but uh, 
even when I discuss like, you know, like friends in Chicago who, who are cool enough to listen to the podcast, mm-hmm. I was just talking to a former Bullstone guest, Mark Soloff last night. And, um, he was like, Oh, what are you recording about? I said, Oh, you know, psychokinesis. And he goes, best one ever. Pelicanesis. <laughs> Paint true. Bob. That is you, true. You, Hall of Famer right there. <laughs> Platinum trophy. Instant classic. Yeah. Not Pe- so superpower. Pelicanesis. I, 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 everything about it is perfect. It is perfectly balanced pun and not so superpower yeah. <laughs> delivered in, in one succinct haiku of awesomenosity. The ability to move pelicans with your mind. <laughs> or control them. Or I'd, control them, yeah. sure. Pelicanesis. Yeah. Peyton Bob. Mm. Gold star. That's right. You are the Babe Ruth of this. <laughs> so we're going to talk about what psychokinesis is. Yes. What its history is. And then we're going to give you some explanations, I guess. Of yeah. What it what it might could be. Yeah. We're gonna uh, we're gonna bend your mind like a spoon. Mm, snap. Uh, overview time. This is the part where we overview it. Oh. Uh, then I comply. Overview initiated. <laughs> Psychokinesis is the ability to affect inanimate objects or other items around your person without touching them using only your mental faculties. <gasps> Overview complete. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't know you had that button. <laughs> <laughs> we could have cut out like a half hour here or there. What's well, a new podcast from here on out? <laughs> um, I'll tell you what. In the, in the pseudoscientific field of parapsychology, mm-hmm. The, Don't let Dr. Venkman hear you say that. <laughs> uh, the practical use of psychic powers and their alleged effects is referred to as psionics. Mm-hmm. Anyone who's played a role-playing game, I'm mm-hmm. looking at you people who play Rift. Mm-hmm. D&D, I'm sure mm-hmm. Pathfinder has some. Uh, it's also a lesser-played class in, in um, the role-playing games. I say lesser-played because, you know... <laughs> Nobody wants to play a song. Do you, uh, do you know that I just I just started playing a regular D&D game? Yep. Yep. With I jo- do know. With Johnny Robots. Oi wasn't invited, so. Oh, shut your butt. Oi, no. Shut your painful, Oi, oh, no. so hurt and injured butt. <laughs> I just have to go back to my Baldur's Gate and pretend that mm-hmm. the, those people love me. That's right. <laughs> my party. D&D with a Johnny Robots don't get no better than that. I like the breakdown D&D gives uh, to psionics. I just started, so I don't know what that is. So tell well, me. Well, I'll tell you, this is, you started uh, 3.5, you said? 3.5. Edition. Um, I'm coming from second edition, way back in the day. Well, what's up, OG? So, <laughs> the G stands for gamer. <laughs> I, I think it started getting a little more convoluted after that, but that edition, which I had the player's handbook of that, uh, broke it down very well, and when I t- when I say it, I mean psionics, psionic abilities, and it, and it broke it down into uh, basically five categories. There's clairsentience, which is uh, uh, seeing and hearing in places where you aren't. What what I think we commonly call remote viewing now. Sure, sure, you know? yeah, the ability to out of body experience, which we have covered. Uh, yeah, and the the yeah. All that stuff. People people get that. Uh, there's psychokinesis, which we're going to cover. Uh, there's psychometabolism, which is in a very basic form, shape-shifting parts of your body and okay. things like that, affecting, affecting one's uh, body to do different fun stuff. Um, psychoportation, uh, teleportation, dimensional doors, okay. All right. things of that nature, and then telepathy. Yeah, which is obviously uh, you know mind reading, using your mind to create paths through woods. 
<laughs> right. The uh, the D and D book also has something called meta psionics, but I think that's created mainly for the game because it it affects Dragons. psionic powers and other characters. Oh, and so stuff. so you're you're you can psychically uh, control other people's ability to psychically psychically control things. Basically, yeah. let's let's clear the first hurdle, then we'll worry about right, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not even. I don't even group yeah. that into like real world. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm grouping any of these into real world stuff, but it, it is a um, viable parapsychological thing to study if, yeah. if there is such a thing as viable parapsychology. So anyway, today we're focusing on psychokinesis. The, uh, the United States and Soviet government both seem to think it is. Oh, that's Whole true. Another episode, but we're going to touch on a little bit. This is going to get into like some cool... We talked about remote viewing, mm-hmm. the the men who stare at goats kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what do they call that rainbow the rainbow warrior project? Yeah, that um, and that's that's where I had a hard time uh, doing research because I there were a lot of things I wanted to branch off into and jot yeah. down, but but then I was like, no, you know what? That's going to be another episode. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you got to contain it. So yeah, because I I, I want to do like a, a straight up men who stare at goats episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, and then there's also like a straight up Claire Sentience episode that we yep. could do too. So it's like we we're we're rolling in the episodes. Oh man, we're, we're so rich. Um, Still send us suggestions because we use them a lot. I honestly, what do you think? What do you think our percentage is? I think it's fifty percent, if not a little higher. Yeah, I think we're like fifty five percent listener suggestion. When I, we pick yeah, things. I'd have to agree. Uh, we don't always say it. No, nope. we should, but we don't always. But yeah, we definitely pull from that stuff because. Uh, just like uh, just like we were saying last week, you didn't know about the business plot. I, I yeah. brought that to you and stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't know about mm-hmm. um, that you guys bring to us. So thanks. Today, science community breaks down psionics into two main categories. One of them is psychokinesis. The other is uh, extrasensory perception. Yep. ESPN. ESPN. Yep. Um, there's a whole channel for it. <laughs> Ooh. So, uh, psychokinesis. This is a general term for using the mind to control matter without using any outside physical force, such as touch or electronic signals or mm-hmm. electromagnetic force. What we call cheating. <laughs> the most common form is telekinesis. Yep. Breaking down the, the word, we've got um, psych which, uh, or psyche, which is uh, mind. To take something away or declare some... Uh, <laughs> The opposite of what yeah. is stated. <laughs> to inform the victim that they've been had. These are these are Greek terms. Psyche means mind. Kinean is to move. Uh, and then tela is distance. So it, it psychokinesis is uh, movement with the mind. Telekinesis is uh, distance movement. Movement uh, from a from a distance. Or yeah. Anyway, um, some others that uh, are under the psychokinesis umbrella: levitation. Uh, force projection, which is just like a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say also force choke. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just, you know, projecting a, a mental wave of energy that, mm-hmm. that actually knocks people down, things down. Matter control. And this, yeah, I think you touched on a little bit. You can do it with light. You can do it with sound or wind. You can do it to a stormtrooper. <laughs> uh, that I am... St- don't think that I am at all close to being done with making force jokes. They will be slathered liberally. I'm I'm frosting this entire chocolate cake with force jokes. Yeah, because that feeling I got was the sound of 
a thousand podcasts being suddenly silenced. Because oh, our people competitors. Would stop. No, people just stop listening when I our said that. They're like, I can't, I can't handle that many horse tricks. Yeah. And then uh, there's old molecular manipulation. Getting the molecules excited mm-hmm. could turn something hot or could uh, rearrange them, could snap it in half. Claiming credit for Brownian motion. Telekinesis was coined by Russian researcher Alexander Aksakov. So you know it's already suspect. Don't trust a Russian. In 1890. And psychokinesis was coined by Henry Holt, an American author, in 1914. Hank Holt. Old Double H. Mm-hmm. wonder what his middle name was. Henry? Henry Henry Holt. Mm-hmm. No, his first name was Francis. <laughs> oh, can't be a Triple H joke. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know wrestling. Time to play the game. <laughs> I don't know. I don't no. know new wrestlers. Ask <laughs> me about the junkyard dog or Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Triple H has been a while, around a while, though. He was coming on. Okay, we're not going to get this. Isn't a risk. There are so many wrestling podcasts I see popping up just in yeah. my friends' news feeds. Yeah, no, that, that that scratches a weird itch. Because like, even I, who never watched much, like you remember the names and stuff, and it's interesting. Yeah. I believe uh, uh, Mark Coulomb does yeah. a thing for uh, Bro Jackson yeah. about wrestling as well. Mel has gotten real into wrestling. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, she loves it. Oh, uh, I'll have to ask her about that next time I see her. I mean, it makes sense for women to enjoy wrestling. It's a soap opera. It's a soap opera. Wait, is and that it's sexist to say that, though? No, I well, suddenly maybe. felt like a dick. May- and I've learned to trust that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's large, sweaty, muscular men in in little to no clothing. Listen, I don't want so. I don't want to Mars Venus this conversation, but I don't know that women necessarily view that the same way guys do. I I, I understand. Yeah, it's not that I'm saying it's not the main reason girls watch it, but. I think it would be a perk. I think that more girls should watch it. I did know a girl who was awesome who uh, went to, she studied pro wrestling. Like she trained to be a pro wrestler and Hmm. it was awesome. So psychokinesis is further divided into two categories. Uh Uh-huh. So many divisions. I mean, it's science people. One is macro PK. Yes. This is large scale stuff. This is moving beer cans and bending spoons and things that people see. Yeah. The other's micro PK. Uh, that's the subatomic effects and statistical differences. Yeah. You, you have to have these huge, huge sample groups because the, the, these people work on such a small, subtle scale that you need large sample sizes to determine that they're actually got their finger on the scales and are tipping the balance. Yeah. Um, time for history. Let's let's talk about the you know, straw. I thought that the time for history had passed. Mm. Did you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> Keep going. PK really came into fashion in the 19th century, especially uh, as the PK psychokinesis. PK fire, especially as the spiritualism movement picked up. Yep, we've talked about that bullshit. Um. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Wait. You're right. Does is this an episode of New Age? <gasps> oh, Maybe. Ta. George Tuklo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. 
<laughs> oh, I just turned it. I used him to support a. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> He's rolling in his grave. I'm the more we the more I use that sound, the happier I am with it. <laughs> There's a utility to it. Uh, uh, seances would be conducted. Mm-hmm. Back in the 19th century. Which we have gone over in extraordinary length. And at those um, guests at the seances would see floating tables mm-hmm. or chairs. They, they'd they see uh, people levitating t- and maybe objects flying around the room. Hear noises, you know. we yep. Table shakes. And then as, uh, as psychokinesis popularity grew, so did the enthusiasm to disprove it. Skeptics, scientists, and even magicians began coming forward to expose supposed PK claimants as frauds. Whoa. How about that? Magicians to the rescue. Right. Uh. I, I like that. I love the idea of, you know, the, the magician, the, oh, I'm not going to tell you how it's done, uh, but like the, the, the integrity of saying, but it's, I'm an illusionist. I... No, audience, dad, you don't have time for my illusions, um, you know, but, but saying like, no, I, you know, we know what we're doing, but what you're doing is unethical. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going to show everyone what you're doing right now because we know how to do that. We've been doing it all the time. We just don't lie to people about it. Right. It is part of the show. Yeah. You are trying to literally deceive people. Yep. I mean, <laughs> the way I just said that it's the same thing, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and that's and that's the important thing is that um, uh, a magician, an illusionist, is saying, "Please pay your two bets. Come see me. Do things that you can't understand how I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to wow you. I'm going to show you things that you don't think are possible. I'm not going to tell you that I have a conduit to God or to the other side or yeah. that." And, you know, like, I'm just, I'm just showing you things that will blow your mind and you're going to enjoy it. That's entertaining. Yeah. And, and you're going to ask me, how'd you do it? And I won't tell you cause it's my secret versus, oh, did you just have a tragic loss? Oh, well this table's moving, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I love it when the magicians step in sure. to call bullshit on that. I think that's great. Here's a few folks for you in the 1900s and on Angelique Cotin, 1846. A French girl able to move objects. It was observed that... Uh, she was showing an indelicate amount of ankle. There were some movements and actions that she would have very yeah. subtly. And the description of that was very interesting. That was like, there was like double movement or like movement towards and away from the item that there was, that they were like, well, I feel like she was doing something. Yeah. Not straight up called bullshit to her face, but it's like, eh, something's going on. She's yeah. doing something to this. 1900, Eusapia Palladino, an Italian medium, she was caught lifting a table with her foot. Busted. Busted. Stanislava Tomczyk, uh, 1909, a Polish medium, caught levitating scissors on a strand of hair between her fingers. Oh, and and she actually had a, a pretty lengthy career and was caught a number of times <laughs> using the, the super thin thread or hair maneuver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she was busted on a number of occasions for different pieces of fakery. Fakery. A lot of these, well, uh, at least the last two have careers as mediums to doing this mm-hmm. stuff for a long time. But you, you start to see a pattern here. And, and magicians were quick to debunk them because 
they knew how it was done. That's what they've been doing. Now, here's the frustrating. Here's the thing that I don't get is, and, and maybe I'm wrong here and, and you know, right, right. in if you agree or disagree, I think that it's a, just a, such a clear question of ego because these people are illusionists. They are magicians. They know how to do things that people can't quite suss out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you're quote unquote levitating scissors with a hair that no one can see, you know, that's that just like you said, that's exactly what the magicians and illusionists were doing. Why not just be an illusionist or a magician and, and, and get money that way. And I think it comes down to ego. You, it's not good enough to, to have people come to see you for a skill you've honed. You have to have something more. You have to have, you have to have them believe that you're this, this bigger conduit to the, to the other side. And I, I can, I think that's why they make that choice. It could be, there could also be the showmanship aspect that some of these people don't have that big stage mentality. That's you know, true. maybe they couldn't cut it um, that way. Psychics are all just wallflowers <laughs> and illusionists are like the jocks of the high school. <laughs> I mean, they always get the girl. That's true. And then they cut her in half. Yeah. Just like jocks. <laughs> Just like jocks. <laughs> so cheerleaders, grab a psychic. <laughs> try try it. What? Try. Oh. Date an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1934, an American parapsychologist named J.B. Rhine at Duke University was blue devils shut up was visited by sorry man hey i'm not there's a if there's a a thing i care less about than college basketball i don't know what it is (laughs) you're not you're not going to hear me get involved on that i mean i mean i I, know isn't duke because i don't know isn't duke like a powerhouse of college basketball with i think more championships than anybody ever no a powerhouse, sure, begrudgingly, yes. But Y'all hear that? Y'all hear him say they're a powerhouse? Oh, man. Punch you in the Everybody dick. listening in Kentucky? Punch you right Everybody in, the in there? Your dick's going to get punched. Sorry, Wildcats. Sorry he turned his back on you when the time was, the minute he got a, a soapbox and a podcast to listen, <laughs> that people listen to, he was just like, oh, I got I to gotta kowtow down to Duke and their big money and all those big fans in Raleigh. <laughs> you better get some ice. <laughs> Floyd just started literally kicking my crotch in the studio. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's a big rivalry between Duke and UK. My my college uh, t- basketball choice, mm-hmm. I, what my 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 team, mm-hmm. just they're my team, and so so Dave's just you know what? trying to throw salt on a slug. What are you talking about? We I just I mean I'm a guy who doesn't know much about sports or those kind of things. I'm sorry, just Duke to- has half as many championships as a Kentucky. Oh, thank you. I thought they had more. They don't. They don't. Okay. No. Which is weird because you seem to like be really eager to throw your support behind Duke by calling them a powerhouse. I mean, we could we could back up the recording. I just, what am I doing? Telekinesis? Why, why am I taking this huge opportunity just to needle you? One that's, more thing about wrestling, too. That's the kind of person I am. That's why. All right. Um, Jesus. All right. J.B. Ryan worked at Duke, was a, a parapsychologist. <laughs> Visit, he was visited one day by a man claiming to be a gambler 
and the man claimed he was able to influence the way dice fell. I think even Lana's going to kick my ass over that. I think that she'll rally to you on that point. She might. I mean, she, Lana's a Louisville fan. I, I know, but, but she's not going to stand against uh, Kentucky not. versus the Duke. I just know that. I know that. I feel that in my heart. Affect the outcome of dice. Um, Ryan went on to set up several experiments to test psychokinesis against statistical chance based on this dude's where did this guy come from he just comes into the office one day hey everybody and uh this included building a dice tumbling machine mm-hmm. uh, he had boards that that dice rolled down cups and even uh having someone insult him while testing to get negative energy in the room to see if that affected i anything. want that job <laughs> jeffrey 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 <laughs> I want to um, be a professional insultsman. You kind of are. <laughs> Zig. <laughs> One experiment even had him and an assistant down a bunch of gin and try. Why are we not paranormal investigators? Um, <laughs> Actually, we are. We we are. We yeah, are. We just don't drink gin. Yeah. That's for that's for all them. The, that's, that's for, for all them. Duke. I was going to say, it's all for all them Duke posh professors. kids at Duke. <laughs> Oh, another gin, please, uh, blue devils, I suppose. <laughs> now eat fried chicken if I have to. Mm-hmm. Mm, but we are powerhouse. <laughs> all agree. <laughs> Laura's going to hulk out. Laura's going to hulk out. Now, what they were trying to do in these experiments was focus on getting a number higher than seven. It was eight or above, and they considered that a hit. A statistical hit. Mm-hmm. Sevens weren't counted. Anything lower than than seven was a miss. Okay. And then and then everybody that did every test focused on getting uh, that higher number, and he recorded the results. How many rolls of the dice? Well, in all the different ways they they did it, including by hand, including by cup, by board, where nobody's even touching the stuff. It was thousands of yeah of of tests. His results were statistically successful in proving something at work other than chance, according to him. Right. Uh, the problem was his experiments were not wholly controlled and sometimes just straight up flawed. Yeah. Did you did it did it all ever affect him or maybe depress him that this research had been done, um, except for instead of using thousands of dice rolls, millions of dice rolls called the university of every casino ever where all people do is hope for specific numbers. <laughs> no, he was pretty excited about what he was doing. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe he didn't think it through. Well, I mean, he was at Duke, so <laughs> F- you blue devils. I'm just kidding. I, one of my best friends is a blue devil and he loves, <laughs> he's Duke. a very nice guy. Yeah. He's, he's a very, I'll have to say, I just won't bring it up. But I, I swear to God, <laughs> I swear to God, damn him for his good looks. <laughs> right? His his smooth crooning voice. And, I know. He's a, geez, he's a handsome devil. <sighs> hi, Will. <laughs> Might as well just say hi. Some, some of the flaws that were in this uh, dice bias and what this is, is, uh, you know, just white dice? Is that what you're trying to say? You just the, uh, the the dice the dice themselves, you know, you scoop out where the, the the little dots are. So the lower the number, the heavier that side. Oh, true. So the sixes would kind of, that's that's one theory that's put out there. Which is why when you go to Vegas, the dice are uniform, they're filled 
and they're that, printed that, on yeah, yeah. And, and that's yeah the the those dice are extraordinarily carefully made yeah yeah they are once again vegas better control than science continue <laughs> uh the uh, a lot of the experiments were unwitnessed apparently what I, I i don't know if it was just him in a dark room drinking gin and throwing dice or i'm sure what, people but... were there at the beginning and then were like this is the world's worst party yeah <laughs> and uh and and some of them apparently lacked uh, control tests i guess to see if you know the statistics would i don't know to find the standard deviation or right. i don't know well yeah I, that's <laughs> well, what's the bell curve on that right <laughs> anyway apparently they they were very flawed his results have never been duplicated that's another big thing which is um which that's, is the cardinal sin of science yeah that's a pretty big uh no-no in in scientific research these days uh and that led some to believe he may have manipulated the results yep which is sad, but he did at least pioneer that kind of research, which is a good yeah, thing. I, I mean, it, it's sort of, I mean, but God, if you're going to fudge the numbers, then why even go through all the effort? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he did go through all the effort. was like, I just went through all that effort. I've got to have some. Right. Mm, yeah, no, I'm not going to. Yeah, that's true. That's probably what it is. <laughs> uh, in the late sixties, there was an American physicist named Helmut Schmidt. Wouldn't talk Helmut. Who ran an exemplary set of tests with uh, new random event generators or nice. REGs. And these uh, are things that generate electronic outputs that the are truly is random. The, the events were random. So sometimes it was a, a flying pie. Sometimes like 40 mice just ran out of the machine. <laughs> uh, one time it was just like six decks of cards thrown into the air. One time it just caught on fire. All these events are random, but occasionally dice came out of it right. and then they recorded those results <laughs> every time they focused on dice coming out it just so happens that like a duck smoking a cigar walked out so <laughs> it's a random event generator random event, random event. <laughs> i want one of those a balloon animal of robert frost came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whose balloons are these i think i know his clown is in the village though <laughs> My little scientist must think it queer, but we have experiments going on here. <laughs> Yay, Whoa. Frost. Yay, yep. Frost. <laughs> so they, so these, uh, these actually generate electronic outputs truly randomly. One experiment was um, set up to influence bulbs to light in a certain direction around a, a, a circle. Mm-hmm. So the bulbs were, were set up on a board in a circle, and they would based on binary code based on the computer generation that it would tell them which light would light up around so if you had a a clock or let's say you have a, a pumpkin cut in half and you've got a oh, yes <laughs> oh god let the comprehension wash over you like a cleansing rain <laughs> uh so you've got these uh these bulbs set up in in like uh, you know 12 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 yeah. 8 9 10 11, um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, So classic. Um, Somebody did that at work two days ago and stopped at 10. I was how, like, the, how the f*** do you stop I at 10? I don't know. I was stunned by it. I was like, wait, what? They're like, you know, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? More. <laughs> Two more. <laughs> if you ever want to really mind hump somebody do that to them yeah right because it works 
<laughs> Mind hump a millennial? Anybody? Yeah, the millennials won't remember. But we will. So what he was trying to do was get people to influence the light to go around the circle, mm-hmm. uh, either clockwise or counterclockwise, as opposed to just jumping around the circle. That's what I got from it. His his statistics, Schmidt's statistics, Schmidt statistics, Schmidt statistics, 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 Schmidt sets statistics, Schmidt sets statistics. I can't even do it. Schmidt's statistics. I can't even make the joke because I can't say it. Hold on, Schmidt statistics. Just just the two words, or are you throwing another one in there? Schmidt statistics. That was it. That's what I was trying to say. Okay. I was still. I was making up a word and I still couldn't do it. <laughs> Schmidt statistics. No. Schmidt statistics. Schmidt. Schmidt statistics. Statistics. <laughs> Scooby snacks. Right. Moving right. on. His statistics showed a fifty point five percent hit average. Was there? What was the margin of error on that? About 0.5%, I'm guessing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. None of this stuff had standard deviations yeah. in there. There was nothing that was like, what's, uh, you know, give or take on this. What's the chi-square on that? Um, <laughs> but I, I guess 50.5 was apparently statistically uh, relevant. It was it was a big deal because uh, the chance expectation was just 50%. 0.5% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> Uh, that's maybe it's, it's, um, statistically not a stick, but that's some less Masterson statistics is what that (laughs) is. is. (laughs) It's, it's inconclusive for proof. Right. And even he knew knew that. I think, come on, Helmut. I, 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 I'll tell you though. I think that he set out to prove that it wasn't proof. Oh, see, well, even that's flawed. He should have set out to find out what happens. Hmm. Well, maybe he did. I, I, I'm, I'm making that conclusion up. So I think I just hot rotted right past the uh, hypothesis portion of the sci- scientific method. <laughs> you probably did. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey Wheel style. <laughs> Give me those donuts. <laughs> in the 1960s in Chicago, there was a fellow by the name of Ted Sirios. Ted claimed to produce snapshots of what was on his mind. Whoa. Telephotokinesis? uh, Yeah, although it's got a better name than that. Photographic memory? He used a Polaroid to take the picture because Mm. it was instant results. I'm sorry, what was that? A Polaroid. 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 You added like four vowels. You added four vowels. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Wildcats. (laughs) He used a Polaroid and a quote-unquote gizmo. Oh, I've seen this guy, and he puts the gizmo up to his eye. And, uh, yeah, and it's this small tube that he held in front of the lens, and these created photographs. Oh, Jesus. Didn't work that well. A lot of times he'd get, you know, all white or all black photo. Sometimes there would be this little image of a piece of, like a, a picture that he would then go and show people, oh, this this is what this is from. This is the Champs-Élysées. Yeah, exactly. Um, so skeptics came along and they were like, you know what? That tube probably has a transparency of the picture he's talking about. Right. Yeah. That's what the gizmo is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, 
photograph, but that is apparently a thing, taking what's on your mind and putting it on a photograph. 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 Uh, the late 70s, Robert John, a physicist at Princeton. Bobby John? Bobby John. <laughs> Papa John. Uh, expounded on Helmut Schmidt's work. I believe it is pronounced Helmut. 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 Helmut Schmidt. Helmut Schmidt. Uh, that's your free downloadable ringtone. Helmut Schmidt. <laughs> he expounded on Schmidt's work with... Uh, it's not free. It's $1.99. REGs, the uh, random event generators. A squid wearing a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> Inside out lasagna? How could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's awful? I thought of ravioli. And I was like, well, of course you can tell. Oh, lasagna. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's my little treat for tonight. Um, So, John, in over 114 million trials. Whoa. His hit rate was 50.2%. With a 0.3% margin of error. <laughs> Schmidt... Uh, then started to claim that subjects, this is Helmut again, by the way, Helmut, Helmut, Helmut. He was still around, still, you know, Schmitting it up, Schmitting it up, <laughs> still Schmitting his pants. There's nothing we can say at this point that uh, the new girl hasn't covered. So we just have to let it ride. Really? Yeah. They own Schmidt. Okay. And Schmidt owns me. I love that show. I'm not ashamed to say it. Okay. Well, moving on. I haven't watched it, so I can't... I don't know what college he went to, so... Schmidt started to claim that subjects could retroactively affect results. What that means is they did the test, then the person thought about influencing it, and then he went back and looked at the data, and it was different, or it was... What? Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) dry fuss. What? What? Come on! Well played. And, uh, and then he started uh, researching animal psychokinesis and on and on down the rabbit hole. What I need is to get funding to research something that I will never be able to prove either way. Do rabbits affect the future with their mind? George Sukolo sound. Is such a thing even possible? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Bitch, it might be. <laughs> um... So here's a here's a little quote taken from the Skeptics Dictionary, uh, by uh, from I believe Robert Carroll, and he's talking about Dean Radin, who is a, a parapsychologist. Are you sure he's not the Thunder God who fights in the Outworld against um, Sub Zero? Is it like later in his career when he's at Mortal Kombat University that that Brabham <laughs> yeah. better work Baraka or Dean Radin's gonna have our asses? I mean, I don't know if it's you or me, but I'm feeling a little toasty. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself. I just got face cobra bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So from the Skeptics Dictionary, talking about Dean Radin, the, psych, the parapsychologist who uh, Robert Carroll apparently thinks is a great guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, a great, just, just, just a hell of a guy. What, what a man. He says, Dean Radin thinks that there are, quote-unquote, fantastic theoretical implications to John's work, 
in Carol's view, one of those implications is that experience as we know it would be impossible if people's minds were able to have a significant direct effect on events. There could be no consistent flow of events and no notion of causality as the regular succession of events. But Raiden and others doing these experiments, like Kolmut Schmidt, assume that since they are testing mental intention, they are measuring mental intention. What they are doing, Carol says, is A, asking people to make an effort to cause some event with their thoughts, and B, then measuring differences between chance prediction and actual outcome. They're assuming that the difference is due to some sort of mind-matter interaction. Which I think is correct. I mean, that, that made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, I mean... If everybody's mind could control things, even if on accident, that's kind of like my 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 thing about ghosts. If that even point zero 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 one percent of 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 people who died left a ghost behind, we'd still be up to our elbows in ghosts. And if if that same percentage of people really could affect the world around them, we would be up to our elbows in in crazy happening and skirts flying up and and people winning a lot at casinos. Right. I was gonna say the 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 best final arbiter of people's ability to affect outcomes is a casino. (laughs) (laughs) There's no place on earth where people are more focused on, on wanting a particular outcome and not getting it. Yeah. Uh, But here's the thing. I mean, in in even it's, it's such a statistical bedrock. It is such a solid fact of, of what, uh, of how casinos operates, how much, how much money they're going to take in, how much goes out that over their data set, like their numbers are right on the money that if there <laughs> is it. zing, I get it. I get it. if there is any deviation, it is always the result of cheating mm. that, and they monitor this on a minute mm-hmm. by minute, hour by hour basis. And if a table starts to deviate on what's they're happening on at that it. table, they are on it. They say here, um, Mr. Helmut Schmidt, you uh, get the uh, presidential room tonight. Why don't you go on up and have a drink and dinner on us? Yep. And leave the table. Yep. Now. Yes. Here's they, your keys. They, 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 they your make, hooker is waiting for you. <laughs> you know, and like, and people go on, like, and that's the thing, like, but it all balances. People, that's, I mean, there's the saying, house always wins. Yeah. The, like, all the, the statistics of, of probability always come out evens. And they always come out on the house because all of those games, every single one of them, even, you know, oh, blackjack is the only game where the player has the advantage. That's true. If the player never makes a mistake, if the player once hits when he should have drawn or doesn't hit when he should have once an hour, he surrenders that advantage and people aren't that good at it. Yeah. You know, like people, that's why you see those people parked at those games forever. Like that margin is so thin that the the casino can say, oh yeah, if out of the four thousand people who will gamble in this place tonight, four percent, five percent play the hard angle. Oh my God, only ninety five percent of the people have surrendered their advantage to the house. Come on, like yeah, it it always works in their favor because otherwise there wouldn't be anything whatsoever in Nevada except for uh, uh, an Air Force base. <laughs> it's the only reason Nevada exists is because. Of the the bedrock foundation of probability. Well, what about Carson City? <laughs> what about Reno, the biggest little city in the world? No, it's for people who couldn't afford Vegas. Oh, f- you Reno! 
but seriously no like our friend will uh he lives in reno now he's he's, he's he went to duke he's <laughs> i like this i like using will as like the guy who's who's a um i actually i hope we have listeners in reno and then you can be like no guys f- you yeah seriously f- you. i i had a i have a couple observations i'm gonna save them to the end i i, I want to keep going oh we're not there yet i uh, kid in the but 70s seriously, wrap it up <laughs> But seriously, getting a little long, getting a little long. In the 70s, there was a Russian psychic named Nina Kuligina who was filmed performing apparent telekinetic feats, including moving small objects of metal, plastic, and wood. Why did you say apparent? I mean, don't you just mean telekinetic feats? (laughs) Don't edit that pause out. That's great. (laughs) Uh, she moved small objects of metal, plastic, and wood in different controlled situations, including uh, these objects being shielded from her, from um, but mm-hmm. with different things like glass cases and other kind of very soft metal blindfold boxes, meh. silken robes, magicians, and skeptics <laughs> together again have said Peanut she could, butter and jelly. She could have employed sleight of hand and. Trickery, obfuscation, and science writer Martin Gardner said she was caught twice using tricks to move objects. Busted. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go ahead and let everyone peek behind the curtain for a second and get to this point. At least in my research, Flora, I'm begging you to tell me that you found something else. But every single person who's done this has been observed using trickery to achieve it. I didn't find anyone with a spotless record. I didn't either. Okay. Mr. Cat out of the bag. Yeah, that's right. Well, the people deserve to know that now. What if they're in a hurry and they're waiting for, they're, they're in the lobby of a fine restaurant and their family's waiting to have an elegant <laughs> dinner, but they want to know how this turns out. You're welcome. Order the steak. Dad's going to pay for it. Go. <laughs> I expect dad <laughs> is the one that's listening. I don't know why. <laughs> that's I don't right. know why. I don't know why. Dad, order the steak. You deserve it. You're going to pay for it anyway. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Dine and dash. <laughs> Not our listeners. We're upstanding citizens. So I didn't find exactly um, who or, or how she was caught that, that Gardner spoke right. of, mentioned. And, and I'll say this. In their defense, it's very easy for someone who has their own axe to grind against it to say, oh, they were observed doing a thing. True. I mean, like, literally, it's just an accusation you can throw out in the air. So, you know, True. In, in, in all fairness. I've often said also that um, while I, I think the pursuit of skepticism in all these cases is something that we uh, often go for. Right. There is a, a deal of witch huntery that is oh, employed yeah. by some skeptics out there. Yeah. And it's, and, it, and, and it's, it's because the people who are completely red handed caught faking it really, they, 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 they muddy the water for everybody else. Right. And, and so. You know, it's easy. It, that's just that's what I don't like about it. Is it's easy to say, "Oh well, that person was observed on two occasions." Oh, I'm sorry, which two occasions? Well, on two occasions. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't help anybody to to not be more specific about that. that. That's true. But I and I'm not saying that Gardner wasn't being specific. I'm just saying I didn't find right. where it was because I think Martin Gardner actually is a uh, is good at what he does. So, anyways, uh, they they're pretty sure that uh, Nina was was not the real deal. Yeah. Holyfield. Um, 
she abandoned uh, her psycho psychedelic trickery and just decided to dedicate herself to uh, German uh, new wave music and wrote a song called 99 Luft Balloons. Fun fact. <laughs> I don't know. I made that up. She died in the, in 1990, I think somewhere around in there. Um, apparently of overexertion from using her ability. Like scanner style. Like, no, <laughs> wasn't quite that messy. I think it was a heart attack. So maybe inside her chest. Yeah. Not her head. Uh, there's also, yeah, she should have like, you know, used her mental abilities to, to not die. Jeez. Shouldn't we all? <laughs> there is also the thought that uh, she was that that the Russian government made it up that that they had her as a kind of a front, you know, in the oh. in the psi race. Yeah, th- which 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 is crazy enough, and we will cover it in another episode. That happened. U.S. versus Russia into who can get the most weirdos in a room and say that we are psychic. Mm-hmm. So she could have just been a front. Fun, fun conspiracy theories, everything. Uh, hey, Yuri Geller. Yeah, famous Yuri Geller. Yuri, the spoon bender Geller. He was a psychokinetic metal bender. Bending poons. <laughs> Probably in the day. Uh, yeah, and at night. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yuri was an Israeli-born illusionist. And uh, he claimed to bend metal with psychokinesis. And he would do, you know, metal rods. He would do spoons a lot. Mm-hmm. He would do a lot of stuff now, that he had access to. I'd like to take a quick diversion into spoon bending territory. Uh, because this is something that I've, I've, I've heard a lot in my life. I used to be, like, when I was, like, in sixth, fifth, sixth grade, I was obsessed with Michael Crichton. And uh, I read, and I think that I, I, I think there are only like maybe his last two books or so that I didn't read. But I, uh, like by seventh grade, I'd read everything he'd ever written. Jurassic Park. Yeah. The Sphere, even that Eaters of the Dead, Ibn Fadlin thing that he'd done. The the Terminal Man, Congo. Mm -hmm. A lot, lot of books. One of the things I read in sixth grade was his autobiography called Travels. And, And he was into all kinds of stuff. And in, and this is something I found in the research that was kind of corroborated with this, in the early 80s, um, there was a kind of a little pop phenomenon to have uh, PK parties where you get PK all your party, PK party. You get everybody over. Everybody brings a bunch of silverware. You throw mm-hmm. in a pile and you get everyone whipped into a frenzy. People are encouraged <laughs> to scream and shout and jump up and down and just to charge the room with frenetic energy, which is also has the ability, which also, um, uh, makes people highly suggestible. You get into sort of a mob mentality kind of thing going. Yeah. Um, and Michael Crichton in his book, (laughs) right. (laughs) He, uh, was like, Oh yeah, you pick a spoon. He's like, no spoon bending. So real. And there's at parties and people were doing it. And I don't recall specifically if he said he had done it or not. Um, it's actually kind of an interesting book. He gets some, some kind of fun and interesting ideas. Like for example, there's a whole chapter on the idea of bringing a woman flowers is actually for the male's benefit. I don't know. It was well, crazy. Yeah. Win curry favor. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But no, no, no. Like, like the, the entire need of a romantic gesture actually reassured the male mm. more than the female. I, I don't remember. There's a the, whole chapter on white apes. <laughs> that's right. Attack people. But uh, these things happen. And so, um, you know, when I was got to, to Yuri, I suddenly thinking, oh, yeah, I forgot Crichton had the spoon bending thing. 
So I did a lot of research on spoon bending for this. Oh, cool. Um, watched a lot of videos, um, read a few articles about spoon bending because I thought, to my mind, like spoon bending, the way I've always imagined it, is like like that scene in The Matrix. You stare at a spoon, you realize there is no spoon, and then it's just all like flop skedangle. You win. But spoon bending, and, and I also saw a, a couple of cool um, videos by magicians mm-hmm. showing how to um, perpetrate like two different versions of the spoon bending illusion. One is a version you do live with other people in the room. The other ones you do if you're being filmed because of the way the angles work, it mm. works really great on film. But if mm-hmm. someone was standing there, they'd be like, Ooh, what? Yeah. But the funny thing about, uh, about spoon bending is that's not it. It's not about holding a spoon and watching it flop over. Cause you, you mentally, yeah. yeah, it is. You, you hold the spoon and you rub it for a while and I thought they were joke videos. I and, and even in the comments, there's other people that don't disagree with me with this. It's like saying, I can break this pencil with my mind. And you see the guy just stare at the pencil and then break it in half with his hands. That I'm and I'm not lying. That's what that's what psychic spoon bending is. These people, and I, I found a, a bunch of examples of this. They're like, okay. And they they take the spoon and they look at it. And they're like, I need to I need to enter in a meditative state focus my energy on the spoon and they kind of just gently rub it with their hands. And of course I'm watching so closely to see if they're using their thumb to kind of bend the top over. Mm-hmm. And then in all these videos, they just reach up with their other hand, <laughs> grab the other end of the spoon, then just, just rampage the spoon. They just twist it all up and they go, now that would never have been possible if I hadn't psychically weakened the spoon. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? This this would never have been possible if I didn't buy these spoons at Big Lots. Well, and that's the thing. And I don't think that it's a question of weakened spoons or anything like that. I think that people genuinely think that they're psychically doing this. But what they don't understand is that you're grabbing the bowl of the spoon, this huge point of leverage, and the other end of the spoon. And then you can just kind of crank it around as much as you want. And I don't think they understand how much... Uh, leverage they have on the spoon. They just, it, the, the trick is, is to assume that somehow a spoon is this invalid piece of unbending metal. Yeah. It's just a fucking spoon, man. You can bend them for days. Everybody can. As a matter of fact, looking up the videos, if I had, if I had the wherewithal to do it, I was actually going to try to perpetrate a spoon bending for you, Florida, yeah. just to, but you end up having to like cut a spoon in half and do some shit with it. But there's no shortage of, of spoon bending videos online. and There's a lot of stuff that'll teach you how to develop your telekinetic powers. And there's a lot of stuff. I, the, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this is the, the, like the Guild of Magicians is no less done with, with nailing this. Because if you say just, you know, just type in spoon bending on YouTube and it, it, they almost alternate every other. It's like, use your mind to bend a spoon. This is how the magic chick works to makes it look like you use your mind to bend a spoon. <laughs> um, you know, focus your chi and you can achieve anything spoon bending. This is how it looks like you're focusing your chi while you're actually bending the spoon with your hand. <laughs> like, it, like they, like it's such a funny, like a war of yeah. sorts. Yeah. Your right. ideologies. And that's, that's the different uh, techniques that uh, people have come forth to say, mm-hmm. here's how you do it. One of them is chi. That's the, the energy or prana, prana, which is a uh, a carnivorous fish. Uh, Helmut the prana, Helmut. Um, <laughs> so focus your chi uh, to to do it, or maybe uh, you like the 
white light from your mind mm-hmm. that's focused on on the spoon uh, bending or breaking. White light going through my mind. There's also the thought that the subconscious does it. Uh, that your conscious can't do it, but if your conscious can tell your subconscious to do it, your subconscious will do it. Um, and then there's the old uh, uh, putty technique or visualizing the outcome of what you want, which is uh-huh. the uh, spoon softening and ultimately bending. And then when you actually uh, try to bend it, it's just putty in your hands and it just bends or breaks. Which I think is what they're going for. And I was consistently disappointed with that. Just that? Well, n- yes, just that. I mean, it's not spoon bending if you use both hands. Put That's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. It's a bumper sticker. It's a it's a call to action well, for this country. Uh, so Yuri, Yuri Geller, I, for some reason I always thought he was uh, Russian. Well, because his name is Yuri. Yuri just sounds, it's Russian. But no, he's Israeli, dudes. Whoa. He did, uh, he did the, these uh, spoon bendings and metal bendings on TV and people even claimed metal would bend in their homes as they watched him do this. Jesus. Numerous mini Gellers sprang up after they saw him. Everybody was claiming they could do this. You yeah. know, they, they, they would, uh, uh, and, and they probably could do it exactly the way he was doing it. Because uh, the problem was, Yuri had a hard time reproducing the feet under controlled conditions. Of course. Which is the same, same thing that others uh, had problems with. And the excuses uh, of why... It didn't work, ran the gamut. And this included, there's too much negativity in the room. <laughs> Everything's got to be positive and, and people have to have a good attitude. You can't have any skeptics or magicians in the room because that interferes with the psychokinesis at work. <laughs> yeah, everybody hates magicians. Uh, maybe there was the old electrical device interference. Can't be filmed doing it, but once the cameras are off, boom, boom, boom. Right. bent. Uh, or maybe there's the whole, I'm tired. The energy is drained. See, and if it requires all that, then it's not a thing. That's just it. His claims made him a lot of money. And it also made him a lot of enemies, such as Martin Gardner, who we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Physicist Richard Feynman. Never f*** with Richard Feynman. Ever. He'll bust your ass into six easy pieces, mother bitches. Uh, by the way, a uh, high five to all the physicists out there who got that reference. Uh, and magician James the Amazing Randy. <laughs> Are you sure that's not one of our characters? <laughs> no, dude, this guy is. Hey, it's the Amazing Randy. Oh. This this guy is, he, he has war paint on and a fucking huge battle axe coming after psychokinetic frauds. He goes after them. I love <laughs> and that. I'll, that I'll get to amazing. a little more in a minute, but the amazing Randy has accused uh, Yuri of trickery in many instances, and uh, Yuri has apparently been caught many times uh, doing the the spoon bending. And there's a lot to Yuri. We're not going to spend a lot of time on him, but um, just know that he's an illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> There was an experiment in 1975 by English professor John Taylor to show that children had PK abilities and would never lie about them because children are innocent. That's one problem that... Uh, he didn't uh, have any kids. Skeptics have said, well, people lie about being able to do this stuff. 
Right. That's one of the the things that they're trying to stop or trying to expose. Well, children would never lie about this. They're children, said John Taylor. John Taylor doesn't have kids. I guarantee that. Yeah. He was wrong. They all lied. Yeah. He did an experiment with kids. All of the little fuckers lied. They were caught on film and they were caught through two-way mirrors. Yeah. Well, with a, mean, they, they set up a dummy camera. Well, they're children. I mean, yeah. that's what they do. They, 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 they don't, not, you know, they, they, they exploit loopholes in the system. They exploit the unexplained. My friend Eric. And that's it. Has two adorable kids that I love as though they were my own. And one of them has figured out, because it's the process of potty training, that simply invoking the need to go potty involve it's it'll stop the train it's an interrupt spell he can cast to whatever the procedure is he doesn't like <laughs> so every time like it's oops time to go to bed now and he's like oh okay and then casually i do have to go potty well that stops the that stops the going to bed procedure and he'll go into the bathroom and hem and haw and make a bunch of noise <laughs> and then you're like okay it's time to go to bed and he'll he's very smart he waits then you're like halfway up the stairs oh i have to go potty mm. And then you're like, well, I mean, if I gamble and lose, you know, I've got to clean up <laughs> yeah. a mess. But, and that's the thing, like, and, and this kid is three years old. Like, <laughs> of course they lie. They lie the second they realize that they can say things and affect their environment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, kids. So then in, in 70, from 79 to 81, you've got Project Alpha. Did you read about this? You hear about this? That was, uh, was that all the Canadian superheroes? No. This was conducted by the McDonald Lab for Psychical Research at Washington University. Mm-hmm. Researchers conducted experiments with two teenage males, Michael Edwards and Steve Shaw, showing apparent proof of psychokinesis, including metal bending and thoughtographs. After 21 months of wowing scientists with their ability, they revealed that they were magicians planted by the amazing Randy (laughs) as a hoax to show that it could all be misinterpreted. (laughs) The amazing Randy strikes Strikes again. again. (laughs) I told you this guy, he is bloodthirsty with this. Randy had also written to the scientists numerous times telling them to have a magician scrutinize the tests and even told the boys that if they were asked if it was a hoax or that they were not telling the truth or deceiving them in any way, they were to respond yes. They were not to lie to the scientists at all Mm -hmm. otherwise. They were never asked if it was a hoax. The scientists full-on believed them. The whole time they use sleight of hand, they use tricks. And then like towards the end, they started getting really famous in the parapsychological in the parapsychology uh-huh. community for being able to do this. But then the scientists also started like kind of catching on, but still not really. Oh, uh, they got, they got, they ignored their own suspicion at that Pretty point. They were, they were invested. Pretty much, although I think if it had continued for maybe another six months, they probably would have been found out. I mean, I'll tell you what, if I come home for the next six months, if I keep coming home and there's that dude I don't know in my bedroom, I'm going to start getting suspicious (laughs) of you, Dottie, because, you know, you could say, uh, you know, six months, 
That's all I got left. But <laughs> they, it just got too far because they were being asked to to like road trip and and speak at places and show off and this and that. And Randy is finally like, "All right, this has gone far enough. Yeah. I think I've made my point." <laughs> Jesus. And and the point, the whole point was to show that yeah, scientists, you're 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 just scientists. You're blinded by the the fact that you're you're out to prove this. Yep. In, and instead of, you know, taking in someone else's advice or, or uh, observations into account, that being a, a magician, <laughs> you, you've you let yourself be deceived. Yeah. You buy into it. You buy into it. So... Because even, even a scientist, you know, like, scientists want to make the big discovery. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they're not these infallible priests of, of, of the scientific method, you know? Like, they're people. They have wants they they have biases you know and it's it's always disappointing to see that happen but you know that's just it's human nature and people get the scientists are just as susceptible to just like you said the sleight of hand the the social pressure the the misdirection as anybody else they're not magic themselves right (laughs) so that was a fun little (laughs) i love the amazing randy (laughs) oh man boy it pissed those scientists off (laughs) i hope so today I think it's it's a lot harder to fool folks, uh, especially with the better equipment that's out there and methods for detecting fraud. Yeah. I imagine the internet just just dropped a bomb on this stuff. You you yeah you you can't really get away with uh, anything, and I think that the claims for um, PK ability have have dropped off significantly. Um, not to say that they don't happen, but right. how about well, still uh, the internet? How about some explanations for yeah. for what's going on well i mean i know that both by by design and how they do it i know that a, a really common car you know carnival trick is the the old hair between your hands or, or extraordinarily thin not visible thread mm-hmm. and while you're using your hands to guide your psychic energy you're also pushing the thing along the table you know yeah i know that's how the uh the 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 levitating scissors that the polish woman got busted for uh, just blowing on shit. Yeah. And, and it's funny because you read like these, these hyper specific accounts and they're like, Oh, he actually found a way to blow in a very covert and very <laughs> specific way that you could, t- you could turn the pages of a book. He could move a pencil across. You're talking the about desk. a martial artist. Yeah. I forget his name, but yeah, yeah. I, I love that martial artist and psychic. <laughs> like, well, shit, that guy's but, good. but then I'm, yeah. I'm having that guy over to my cocktail party. But then later he was like, yeah, I did it because to prove people that are dumb people will believe it. right which i which is i which i actually that pisses me off yeah his his quote was that that people are dumb and the whole world is dumb no be like like when you say that that's the same person that's like um well you know yeah i walked into his house and took his tv because if he was so dumb that he left his door unlocked no that's not you yeah know, like, that's not how the world works and f- that guy <laughs> he's no amazing randy that's true. Nobody is though. The the misdirection, the sleight of hand, uh, even tampering with stuff before you actually you know use it. If you if you look up any videos on this or uh, do any YouTube research, <laughs> um, best research there is, brother. You uh, you might find a video of of Yuri Geller on the Johnny Carson show, mm-hmm. and uh, he totally got blindsided because Carson set up. Um, a bunch of objects and spoons and metal and stuff for him to to do, 
but he was told by the producers he was just going to be interviewed and and talked to by Johnny and and all these questions and stuff. Never said you're going to perform, you know, yeah, your feats. And and then he got out there and was like, oh, I what I I was told I was just going to be interviewed. I don't know what I I'm not feeling up to. How oh, did you not bring your psychic abilities, Yuri? Yeah. So it was it's an awkward thing to watch, but. <laughs> It's out there. Ooh. All these hoaxes. This is yep. this is uh, filed under hoax. Yep. Total hoax. Here's one that's thrown out there. Poltergeist. Ugh. Well, I, I'll tell you why I, I don't buy the poltergeist thing. Not because it's a poltergeist, but by their very nature, they're unpredictable and they do crazy shit. Now, to say that psychokinesis is a result of poltergeist is not right. It's not what I'm trying to say as an explanation, but... Poltergeist and uh, telekinesis, psychokinesis kind of go hand in hand because you get a lot of stuff flying around rooms, uh, furniture moved, all this and that. That's that's the connection to poltergeist. And then, like we said, it's been connected to adolescent um, children. Right. Which is funny. I mean, saying that it's poltergeist is like saying, uh, no, 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 your your house isn't haunted. It's possessed by a demon. Big difference. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and in this case, some people turn turn the tables a little bit and say, oh, you, you're not possessed by a demon. It's just your manifestation of your psychokinetic abilities. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, again, but it, it, it all comes to a moot point there. Uh, there's also the misinterpretation of natural causes. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And you've seen that. Uh, I mean, who hasn't been to one of those... Uh, roadside attraction miracle houses where the whole house is like on a 20 degree angle, mm. but your brain re reacclimates because everything's at 20 degrees. So you think everything's flat. So they put the, the glass on the table and it slides to the wall. <laughs> sure. Um, and I'm sure, um, magnets and electromagnetic fields uh-huh. can come into play in certain cases. Like you said, just, just a while ago, cognitive bias. This is people want to believe. So they do believe and they dismiss facts that are right in front of their face, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's just the, the whole, Oh, I'm looking for this. Oh, this looks like this. It must be this. I found it. (laughs) Right. And we've talked about confirmation bias before too, Mm -hmm. you know, after the fact you're, you're like, Oh yeah, that's what this was. Right. Uh, I wanted to prove everyone was dumb. Yeah. (laughs) Cause I got caught. That is a hole that gets stepped in a lot in looking at things skeptically. And then uh, finally, there's what's called the file drawer effect. This is researchers filing away studies with negative outcomes. Yeah. This probably goes back to uh, uh, the dawn of time. Dookie, Dookie, Dookie boy Ryan, J.B. Ryan, and maybe why his statistics were a little higher on the hits. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was like, well, we'll just, uh, these I negative what that ones. last one was. So it was a hit. Yeah. So I have a couple of, of observations here for you. Airplane food, right? You get on the plane. You're not there for the dining. Any other observations? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm under the hoax camp. There has never been a real yep. proven, uh, duplicatable uh, experiment done or nope um, every performance every of- yeah every single time there's these when 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 it's it's do or die time it doesn't come together yeah. or the person gets found using a prop or they're they're faking it somehow and and this comes down to like a very specific frame by frame analysis sometimes mm-hmm. you see the moment that the, the the pressure is applied to the spoon or the whatever you know um it yeah I I totally agree with you Flora I think that. 
I think it's, it's just a hoax and people just keep perpetrating it and they have throughout time. And again, I asked the question when you, when you do it as a magician, people pay you for it and thank you for it. Mm -hmm. But when you, when you do it as a medium, as a, as a psychic, as a, as a go between this world and the next, you're preying on people and you should be locked up or at least have a dog sicked on you. Not a big dog, but you know, something that hurts. There should be a lot of pickles smacking you a lot in the face. Yeah, but like shot out of a, a pretty fast gun. Oh, yeah, a pickle gun. Yeah. Well, duh, I mean, pickle oh, gun. Jeez, man. What is this, the dark ages? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I got two observations, and then we'll, we'll call it here. Okay. Um, I think that the random event generator studies are bullshit, and I'll tell you why. I don't think that uh, telekinesis – and making lights light up or computer numbers change are the same field. Right. I agree with that. I think that lights involve manipulation of, of filament and, commuter, and computers, or electronic ele- manipulation. Or electricity itself. Or electricity itself. Yeah. I don't think that's telekinesis, to be no, honest. No, that couldn't be further from, from rolling a pencil. Right. You know. That's just one, um, one thing I jotted down, one thought I had while going through this, because... And the, and the next thing ties into that, but like there, there could be a case made for pyrokinesis, but I don't think that's the same thing. This, this is more like electrokinesis. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's hyper-specific and they've hyper-specific. And here's the thing. And I, I read this and, and this kind of covers a lot of ground. You know, we live in the new millennium. We have extraordinarily precise testing equipment available to us that could measure even the slightest change in pressure, you know, cause if you're rolling a pencil, you're applying force to it. Yeah. So why not replace the pencil with a plate that can measure the slightest amount of force, mm-hmm. you know, and the same thing, like an integrated circuit, those things are, it's so easy to, to, to measure the slightest change in current, you know, same thing with pyrokinesis temperature, you know, yeah. can you, can you change the, the, the heat in a, a a unit of water. Can you raise the temperature? All those things are so easily testable, and yet the failure is one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, there have been tests for temperature. I think I forget yeah. who did it. Swan, I think, was the name. Maybe look up uh, PK temperature Swan. But but you're you're absolutely right. Like my next point is, we try to identify psionic ability through established measurement techniques mm-hmm. like electroencephalographs or um, uh, these GSR, which... Um, right. But, but my... And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like like the, the, the point is, is and I think, you, I think you're, you're onto something, like if this exists, if it, if it is a real phenomenon, then it does exist in a place outside of science as we understand it. Right. So using the science we understand is not going to work. I mean, take, for example, we, I'm not going to go back into it, but the, that... Um, that diffraction pattern thing with electrons observation does affect outcomes mm-hmm. yeah. in science. It's a proven fact. Oh. And so there is this, this, this kind of looming possibility is, is your observation of it, of affecting their ability to do it. That's getting down to the quantum mechanics. Of right. It. But then on the other hand, then you're, you're also claiming to be the invisible boy who can only turn invisible if no one's looking at him. Like, well then what, what the f- good are you? Um, <laughs> And so, you know, like there is, there is a, a, a manner of explanation that, that still allows for the possibility of it. Personally, do I believe it? No, no, I don't. But I'm saying, 
you know, if, if you really wanted to, to, to sell it and really, really invest in that, in that possibility, that would be a route is to, is to say that, that observation does affect outcomes and that the, the ability to psychically do something, your, your mind is creating an energy of force that, that is not currently understood by mm-hmm. science. And so there's nothing that, that, that exists to measure that. Right. Right. Which and is the same thing for my imaginary anything, truth be told. I mean, that covers anything once you say that. Yeah, but I don't think it's, I don't think that's un, uh, invalid though. Yeah. I, you know, even so, because I, I feel like using the techniques we know might be like trying to measure distance with a weight scale. Right. You know, it's, it's like, no, that's. I'm irresistible to women from Iowa. Can you measure that in a lab? No, you can't. No. But the effects are visible. Yeah, what for instrument all to do see. we use? I don't know. A bike? <laughs> <laughs> and brain brain waves are thrown out there as um alpha, beta, delta, theta waves, but and, and Foxtrot waves. And they're and Kilo, but, Bravo, but it's hotel. like we can measure brain waves, but how does that translate to right. moving a pencil? Like yeah. theta, theta waves are, are better for moving pencils? So yeah, it's the cause of and solution to its own problem. It's beer. Do you, <laughs> yeah, do you say, yeah, it's beer. If you say, you know, like, oh, it's something that you, that we don't know how to measure. So it's perfect and it can do whatever it wants. Mm. And, you know, you're like, yeah, but then, then it's useless. Then no yeah. one, you know, again, it's the invisible boy thing. If you can only be invisible, if no one can see you, then then you're not invisible. It, you're not yeah. achieving. Invisible is being unable to be seen when someone looks for you. If you're seen when someone looks for you, you're not invisible, and you never were. Right. If you can, if you can do all these amazing things, but only when no one's watching and there's no electricity near you, then you're not doing these things. Then you're not doing them. Yeah. And uh, and to touch on the quantum mechanics, that has been thrown out there as like, oh, well, parapsychologists, you know, if if uh, this electron can't be observed and predicted and right. observing it makes it not – it's like don't try and force in yeah. this, this physics that – you're cherry picking. You the barely understand. Yeah. yeah. Just to make it sound good. So, bagoo, bagoo, psychokinesis, that's it. Fun. Wom, 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 Watch a YouTube video on how to bend spoons and f*** with your family. That's right. So that's psychokinesis for you in a uh, very, uh, in, in, in a ballistically launched yeah. mind wave. But, P- pickle uh, gun. <laughs> pickle gun nutshell. But we already know it's inside the nutshell, even though it's never been opened. Which leads us to our next thought experiment. Can the human mind withstand the punishing onslaught of puns? No. No, it cannot. No, oh, no. No, no. Put up your psychic shield. All right. Who goes? Who goes there? You go. All right. You go there. I- I'll tell you, I, d- I don't know how uh, this trip to the batter's box is going to work this week. Oh, okay. I've got a delicious chocolate-covered peanut butter treat that floats into your mouth. Okay. It's psychokinesis. Nice. I mean, since we just, let's just get these, these out of the way, these, these things we both have to use it. So there is a, uh, a, a law school course. You at can Duke. Take, probably also at good old KU. UK. That's Kansas university there. Rock shock Jayhawks. You son of a bitch. So yeah, there's, there's this course that it's a part of, uh, every law school where you have to determine it has to do with property and contracts 
and uh, lease violations. But because there are protections given for people who are mentally unfit or unstable, how does that affect the law, their ability to sign these contracts? Are they viable? Do they need to be signed in, the, in front of a proxy? Do they need to be signed by someone with power of attorney? Um, and colloquially, it's called psychos and leases. <laughs> how about that? Wow. Broken back bunt. Oh, my mind. I'm just so drained of energy. I can't oh. I got one more. Study of psychic powers in the French aristocracy. Uh-huh. Versionics. Oh, nice. You know, um, we mentioned at the top of the show, but to, because it's so appropriate right now, talk about Peyton Bob's most amazing mm-hmm. pun slash mundane superpower ever. It's so perfectly balanced that um, I've actually done some research into it. I've talked to some linguists, some people who work with cognition, how we interpret puns, how our brains make these connections. Um, and I finally have compiled an entire report on how brilliant uh, Peyton Bob's submission was. Yeah. It's my Pelican thesis. <laughs> well, 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 well. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the sweet and bitter taste of puns. That's right. Yeah, just put it out of your mind. And now I want you all to breathe <laughs> and focus on a burning sensation in your belly. And now move it up to your heart. <laughs> You're doing. And now up to your third eye. And I want you to gather all the energy inside you. Focus it right behind your third eye. And release into listener mail. <laughs> you know, now that we've done this and we talked about it, I think some of those cheering children might have been lying. This little bastards bastards all right let's do this <laughs> what we got right off the bat how about connor the monkey's paw slash madman <gasps> Mad slash madman 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 john ham uh this is a something from the Wayback machine so bear with it connor says uh happy holiday season to everyone hey <laughs> oh god i'm so sorry connor it's taken us this long <laughs> uh he points out that a curse and i think we had this in a previous one a curse is a pointless superpower. That's what makes it pointless. Hmm. I still disagree. A, a curse is is a blight upon someone to make their life miserable. I mean, it's not a superpower. It's a super hindrance. Uh, yeah, yeah, super hindrance. Well, both super. Yeah, I don't know. It's. I mean, it depends on how creative the gypsy is. Mm-hmm. Um, gypsy quality these days. Mm-hmm. Not what it used to be. He suggests, uh, he got a movie suggestion, Jacob's Ladder, which I remember seeing, and it was super weird. Is that with Robin Williams? No, no. Oh, that's Jacob the liar. <laughs> yeah. My bad. <laughs> and he was saying that he got a really great copy of the complete fiction of HP Lovecraft. Nice. Uh, thanks largely to Ken Height and his fine podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's been become quite the Lovecraft fan. And I believe your uh, girlfriend, Annie, got a really great Christmas present from someone who's probably extraordinarily handsome. That's true. She mm-hmm. did. Yep. So maybe she too. Yeah, Connor, talk to Flora's girlfriend about how much you guys love HP Lovecraft. Okay, seriously, don't do not do that because Flora will fly off the motherfucking handle. That guy's crazy. Huh? What? He also has uh, a short story that he would like to submit for the future. So oh, okay. bring it on in. Nice. And uh, he's... <laughs> 
at the time of writing was looking forward to our big 100th episode. I hope we didn't disappoint. I hope mm-hmm. you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just extraordinarily complimentary and he's magnificent. Nice. Thank you, Connor the Monkey's Paw. Thanks, Slash Madman. And someday he shall return to the word smithy, hammering on his anvil of loquaciousness. <laughs> Thanks, Connor. Thank you. I got one from Will Wild West. Well, <laughs> well, 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 He's covering all corners of the compass. Wes says he wants to apologize for his last message because it was weird and he was really drunk. So uh, for, oh, I'm sorry. Then in that case, I apologize for 40. Nope. Nope. 84 of our last 102 episodes. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> If that's that's what requires an apology, if weird and inebriation is a problem. (laughs) He says, for a fan penalty box, he has a mundane superpower. Being able to find blurry photos contact, no matter how drunk. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, see, we should have the opposite of one of those drunk dial lockouts. You know, they have those services that like... After you've had a few beers, that you're not allowed to like text your ex girlfriend or whatever. We want just the opposite. Yeah, I want after a few you beers. Must send yeah, us we're an the email. only people you can get in touch with. <laughs> Have us call you a cab. Yeah. Be safe, and then give us a pun. Yeah, that's what it costs. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Will Wabas. We got an uh, a missive from Aaron who hey, <laughs> sent Aaron. us sent us a great link. Flora it should put your mind at ease. Oh he's yeah, got you, he's got he's got your best interest at heart here. It's a great, great link to a Bloomberg uh, article about uh, it's the article is about best and worst investments and that uh, Bitcoin's being considered one of the worst investments. Yes. Yes. So, so there you go. Yes, you Bitcoin. I, I love how, how it just insults the fabric of you. I don't know. I, you know, fiat currency in general does. A touch the a fear of, of Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And the fabric of your soul. <laughs> oh, thank you, Aaron. I'm glad you have our back. So wait, you have Mine, a problem with anyway. fiat currency? I know. I know. I have a problem. I have a problem with the world. Yeah, so. I've had a problem since 1933, dude. Yeah, exactly. Ever since you've been <laughs> in the pocket of the, the, the big big money. The, the big money? Du, the DuPont. Down in Mississippi? <laughs> Not big money in Mississippi. No. Uh, I got one more. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this one is from that dude that leads all those zombies around. Dark Lemon. I'm not going to let you do anything creative. I'm going to just shit all over whatever you're trying to do right now. And you know what? What? Is it reanimated? I bit? don't care. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Is it Lunar Kitty? It's Zombie Master. Is it Lovely Lana? Zombie master. Zombie master. Stop it. Stop it. Zombie master. He's in this. He's got a bug a mug that says world's best boss. <laughs> uh, world's brain boss. Uh, got a great. World's uh, best brain. Great link uh, to cryptids. Oh, really? A, uh, a one in particular here. Oh. Good cryptid reading here. Yeah. Got a got a link to some good cryptid. But, uh, also, mundane superpower. Bring it. The ability to eat more ice cream than anyone else in one sitting. I think I've been gifted with that. I tell you what, we There's all only have. One, only one way to find out, Flora. You versus me. Uh, <laughs> what? 
you just sort of trailed off there. <laughs> All the ice cream we can eat, you and me, just covering ourselves with animal fat, <laughs> eating ice cream until we develop diabetes or lactose intolerance or both at the same time. Also, I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you adapted the Ben and Jerry's. I was born into it. <laughs> I will break your spoon, Batman. <laughs> he broke his spoon. Uh, so there you go, listener mail. Thank you, guys. Thank you, so everybody. And uh, the ongoing thanks for just just for listening to the podcast. That is the thing I'm most thankful for. And from that moment, you need to do nothing else. If you felt like it, if you felt compelled, let me give you some other fun options. How about you write a review on iTunes? Give yeah. us give us five stars. We love those. Yeah, love uh, post to our Facebook page. We love that. Tweet at us. Yep. Um, we we are further than you'd think with this new webpage thing. We're actually hammering out specific details and costs and what we want it to look like yep. and talking to actual professional experts. And so there are, I mean, things that we've been talking about for too damn long, let's just call it like it is, uh, a more streamlined webpage, uh, a, a, an art section yeah. for all the cool stuff you've done. We It deserves to be seen by more than our piggish eyes. Right. The world needs <laughs> this. Yes, they are. And so thank you so much for submitting that. Thank you for, for being a part of all that. Thank you for telling your friends. Yep. yep. Spreading the gospel according to Flora and me. <laughs> Donating. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, and thanks for the going don- to yeah. uh, audibletrial.com slash mm-hmm. blurry photos. And thank yourself for that because yeah. everybody wins there. So, yeah. And so keep doing all those things. Write reviews. Tell your friends. Punch the donate button. And we we keep doing this. Yep. Listen, spoilers. We're, we're going to keep doing it anyway. But, you know, it makes us feel better to know that someone else is like, I hope that doesn't stop. (laughs) So anyways, that's what we got for this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been Amazing Randy Stecco. (laughs) And I've been David Florikinesis. Nice. Bye. Bye.